Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com or look for us on Facebook at Voices from the Bench. Greetings and welcome to episode number 54 of Voices from the Bench. My name is Elvis. My name is Barbara. Happy freaking Sunday. So last weekend was the great DLAT conference and expo in Texas. I'm sure it was amazing. Barb and I are actually recording this episode before Texas mm-hmm. because we didn't want to spend the whole time there editing for an early Monday morning release. Hey, let's give you kudos. It's not us. It's you editing. And I appreciate it. And I love you for it. So thank you. So please stay tuned for all the great interviews we got from the DLAT meeting. We actually have a ton from the LMT Lab Day Chicago to release. So maybe we'll have a few extra extended episodes. We can get out all that great content. Who knows? Yep. Can't wait. If you haven't already, head over to our Facebook page. We are sure to have some pictures from the DLAT meeting. Mm-hmm. So this week brings us part one of an interview from Lee Culp, CDT. Lee is a guy that is very well known in our industry. I have been to countless conferences and meetings and have seen him speak a bunch of times. It's a name that people look up to because of what he's done in ceramics. But now he has taken his skill, passion, and hard work to 3D printing, treatment planning, and digital dentures. He owns an amazing lab in North Carolina that's on the cutting edge of technology. Lee shares his story with us in this interview we did back with him in early February. And I am personally honored that he agreed to come on to the podcast as I sincerely respect and love Lee from way, way back when. And have him come on and talk about his early days and where he was in the middle and where he is at now. I think all of us can take a little bit of that and say to ourselves, you know what, if he could do it at 21, we could do it at 40, 50, 60, 70. He's an inspiration to me, as well as my son, as well as the industry. So thank you, Lee, for coming on our podcast. You are amazing. You guys are going to love this interview. Do you want to find out why labs across the U.S. are choosing open implants? The system of prosthetic components that was designed by dental technicians for dental technicians? Yay, us! Just saying. It's compatible with top implant systems and manufactured in the U.S. Open Implants offers a 10 millimeter tall titanium base that you can customize to five different heights to maximize the height for the restoration. Supported by libraries for ExoCAD and 3Shape, which we all use, just saying, for each height option. You can do more in-house with a 10 millimeter tall tie base. You can order just one part and have five height options. You can do more screw retained cases with engaging and non-engaging tie bases. You can turn cases around faster, outsource less, and increase your profitability. Open Implants has FDA 510K clearance and a warranty for the original implants. Now you can do more with Open Implants, components involved for today's digital world. Visit openimplants.com slash voices for more information. Give them a call at 1-888-800-8369. 
And for 10% off your first purchase, use code VOICES10. That's openimplantswithans.com slash voices and use code VOICES10. Voices from the Bench. The Interview. So joining us today is a legend in our own industry. I don't know, is even legend the right word, or is that for people who have already passed? I don't know, but Lee Culp is with us today. He's the CEO of Sculpture Studios in North Carolina, correct? Yes, we are in Cary, North Carolina. Excellent. For some reason, I thought you were in New York. I move around a lot. Do you? (laughs) (laughs) We super appreciate you coming on. I just recently got to see you in Las Vegas at the Visions 21 meeting. Yes, yeah. Wonderful talk, by the way. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. So we have you on today to kind of give us your story about how you got into the industry and where you see our industry going. Great. Yeah, let's start off. How did you end up a dental technician? So it's funny. Most people have no idea. And I was not a child prodigy or anything else. Uh, In fact, they threatened to fire me several times for not being good enough. (laughs) But... I was going to the University of Georgia for architecture because I'd always had an interest in art. And my cousin asked me if I wanted to pick up and deliver for the laboratory he was working at when I was 17, 18. So I did. And at the end of the summer, they asked me if I would be interested in staying on you know, a little bit longer to help them out and then starting school back in the winter. So I said, yes. And I started in the model room doing whatever everybody else does. And when they start out model room, pulling up, trimming, mounting, and then just kept going, started moving forward. The basic reason I stayed in was they paid me money and I had never (laughs) had money before in my life. And I'm like, wow, this is great. They pay you to do this. And I never went back and finished my degree in architecture. I just stayed in. So your very first job was delivery driver? Oh, yeah, yeah. We had little Honda Accords, and we would race them around the town of Macon, Georgia. There was one (laughs) doctor I loved to go visit because there was a big hump in the road. And if we were (laughs) fast enough, we could catch a little air getting to his office. (laughs) That's a common denominator. Between you and I, that's what I started off with. Yeah. Pick up and delivery driver for my father. That was my first accident, too, because they had this hot little truck, and I used to just go in it and fly, and same thing. So, uh, yeah. We, as we were both speeding and having accidents, you in Florida, <laughs> me in Georgia, we were probably doing it about the same time. Yeah, exactly. Fun. Did you have any concept of what you were delivering? Not a clue. <laughs> I didn't think so. Most of the drivers don't. And, that's awesome. That's where you started. Yeah, not a clue. And then uh, the model person quit. So they asked me if I wanted to learn models. And that's how I started. Yeah, that's crazy. And I had the uh, opaker quit. And uh, my father yanked me into a laboratory. So yeah, huh. that's awesome. Fun. Cool. So how long were you at that lab? I was at that lab. And again, if you, if you follow my career, I do tend to move often and change jobs, especially when I was young. So I was very close to the owner. He sold that laboratory and moved to Canada. I moved up with him. I don't know if they can still arrest me, but I was actually living in Canada for a year illegally. Uh-oh. Uh, had a wonderful, wonderful time. Came back. 
and then just worked for a lot of different laboratories. Whenever I wanted to learn something that they didn't want to teach me, I would go to another laboratory and say I wanted that job. And I just kept trying different jobs as I was younger. I opened my first laboratory when I was 21. Really? Yeah, I opened my first laboratory when I was 21 because I started this when I was 17. Wow. I'd never picked up a brush, done any ceramic work. I just figured it couldn't be that tough. So you started at 17 and you had your first lab at 21? Yes. Wow. What was the name of your first lab? Technodent. Technodent. Oh, that sounds very futuristic. Technodent. Yeah, I still remember (laughs) I had the first thing I bought because I thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. Because in the laboratories I was working at, they were using NAE 660s, things like that. But Mm -hmm. it was the Unitech CDF, (laughs) first computerized oven. That was my biggest expenditure just because I had to have it because it looked so cool. Wow. So you were always innovative and in new technology, even when you were young. I think that's where it comes from. My son's 21 now, and he keeps telling me, I want to open my own lab. I want to open my own lab. And I'm like, you're only 21. <laughs> you have more to learn, you know, and my head's spinning around looking at him going, you're crazy, but maybe he's not so crazy. That's young. I never knew that. Yep, 21 years old. Had my first laboratory and a dentist office. Were you the sole employee or did you have other technicians working with you? In the beginning, it was just me. But then, you know, I did eventually have employees and then merged with another lab. And then we had several employees. Mm-hmm. And then during that time is when Ivaclar, actually Williams, I was just for lack of a better term, discovered by Lonnie Lee and Pat Taylor from Ivaclar. And those guys were mm-hmm. instrumental in, in getting me lecturing and things like that. And the big difference between, between me and a lot of technicians is I don't know that I'm any better, any worse, but I grew up on stage. So I've always mm-hmm. been very comfortable on stage. So I attribute a lot of my for using the term loosely, success is more of my speaking and stage ability. Because um, mm-hmm. I just love to get on stage and talk. Hell for me is put me in a room after the lecture in a reception with a bunch of people and I have nothing to say. I'm the shyest person in the world. I will be standing in the corner with a glass of Cabernet. There you go. Hard to make the small talk, huh? <laughs> I'm just not good at it. That's amazing to me that you say that because one of my greatest fears was getting on stage. I actually had to hire a coach and really get over that to get on stage, and yet you, you it's reversed for you. I've been on stage singing, dancing, rock bands for since I was a child. Are you wow. a musician? No, it was, <laughs> funny enough, it was singing and dancing when I was younger and in junior high and high school. Oh, for like school productions? Yep, school productions, uh, out of school productions. I did lots and lots of theater inside school and outside of school and after school. Well, it worked because, I mean, like I said, I just saw you at Visions and it was wonderful. It was very natural. Oh, thank you. Great, great conversation you had. Who are some of the technicians that really taught you the skill that you have now? Are there any that stand out to you that really took you under their wing to teach you everything that you know or most? Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, there would be technicians and dentists. Okay. When I decided to open my lab, I opened my lab, 
and then wanted to get better. So I literally closed the lab down for three weeks and went around the world. I mean, I, I literally went around the world, studied here and then Japan, all over Europe, uh, England. And I just found the best people in the world. Uh, so the, the two, you know, obviously biggest influences in the beginning were just because of, of what he did was Willie Geller and then Asami Tanaka. Mm -hmm. But I went around the world and studied with Kawada, Tanaka, all over England, all over Europe with the best technicians at the time, came back, reopened my laboratory up, doubled my prices and almost went out of business. Wow. <laughs> almost. Obviously, you didn't go out of business. I just looked for doctors and thought. So the biggest, and those were technicians and highly respected, the biggest influence on my dental life would have been Peter Dawson, Dr. Peter Dawson. From the Dawson Academy? Oh, yeah. The only one. Wow. Dawson Academy. Take that question and throw it out. Just saying. So, so I'm just messing with him, Lee. He's not a technician, so I love him. That's, that's okay. awesome. Yes, Pete Dawson. So the guy I was working for said, you know, you need to go down and see Pete and really learn about dentistry. And I just went and went and went. Pete and I became very close. I used to work for him. But he was the biggest influence on my life. So Pete's still there. He's got a home in North Carolina. We spent last year, we spent a weekend with him. Uh, and we've just are putting a partnership together between Dawson Academy and Sculpture Academy to bring digital knowledge into the Dawson Academy now. Interesting. Wow. That's exciting. So that's that's going to be fun. Yeah, I'll say. How are you doing that? Can you talk a little bit on that? What does that look like? What are you doing? So it's so we're going to do it here because we're totally set up with everything digital in the world here. So yep. Joan and I and a lot of the senior instructors, John Cranham, Ian Buckle from England, Drew Cobb up in Virginia, there's a lack of digital in in very comprehensive education. So they came to me and said, can you do what we want to do digitally? And I said, well, yeah, I can actually do anything you want to do. I mean, from diagnostic treatment planning, equilibration, ortho, all that stuff. So everybody came up here. They saw what we could do. We decided we wanted to work together, put all the contracts together. And we've got three courses this year that are Dawson Academy courses at Sculpture Academy here in Cary, North Carolina. Wow. So would I go to your website or their website or both if I wanted to um, attend that? Both. And it should be up in the next week or so. Uh, we're just kind of finalizing cool. course schedules and all that kind of stuff. But uh, we are officially doing courses together in 2019. Awesome. I'll be there. Oh, cool. I'll take my staff there as well. I've, I've been wanting to... Um, I've been looking, you know, in magazines. I've been checking you out all over. Your 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 studio looks absolutely amazing. So I will for sure be there. Yeah. Elvis, maybe too, bro. I would love to. That would be really neat. Yeah, maybe we could we can do a video then. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll make yeah. sure that I put a link up to this episode's show notes so people that are oh, interested great. could just click right on it and sure. find find it. Yeah, that's great. So, how many employees do you have now? You know, like I said, I've seen articles. I've I've seen your laboratory on Facebook, um, but I don't I don't know how many you have. So, what what's what's it look like now? And how many printers? And tell me all about it. So we are 
absolutely totally digital, you know, kind of like we presented it in ADL, which has allowed us a couple of things. So, you know, as, as I get older, same thing, you kind of evolve from the artistry, never leaving the artistry, mm-hmm. you know, artistry and dentistry, because I get a lot of, well, Lee, everything you're doing is taking away the artistry and dentistry, and that's kind of going away, but, you know, 18 years ago, I started this, one of the most hated (laughs) technicians on the planet because I was helping Mm -hmm. Eric. And now I see a lot of technicians doing a lot of beautiful artistic work. But, you know, there there came a time in my life where I wanted to make money also. (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) I know. So learning business, uh, you know, one of the best educational opportunities I have was being the CTO of Micro Dental, where we measured everything to the decimal point. That was a great business education for me. And when I reopened a laboratory, we totally digital. Uh, So I have six full-time employees and I would put our, because I am a production laboratory. Uh, I don't really like the word boutique. We are a smaller laboratory, but I'll put our numbers up against any 15-man laboratory. Uh, because we are incredibly efficient, incredibly productive. And I, I say this for educational reasons, not to, not to brag or anything, sure. but everybody thinks digital, zirconia, all these other things mean low prices. I haven't lowered my prices. I've raised my prices year after year. We charge probably five to six times you know, what people are charging for a zirconia molar. Mm-hmm. And I'm not necessarily looking for a bunch of singles in our laboratory because we specialize in implants and surgery. But when I hear it's even things out, it's only even things out if you allow it to. Mm-hmm. But we're actually doing very well, loving what we do and, you know, loving being totally digital. To comment on your comment, I guess, I remember when I was at Cal Lab <laughs> and um, I was on stage talking about the units that we were designing in a day. And I think it was 55 to 60 at the time. And you were in the crowd and you were you were doing like 90 to 100 to 120, just dusting everybody. And I just sat there and go, wow. And, you know, I agree. I, I think you can do the productivity and the and the artistry. Sure. We'll be still doing those numbers, which, you know, was amazing. Um, we're not doing that at this time, but I, uh, I applaud you. It's pretty neat. Yeah, we and we absolutely love what we do. Uh, the laboratory is, like I said, totally digital, but it, it's a little bit different. So we're, we're almost recapping my, pre- my NADL presentation about what a laboratory can become. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to compete or if you let me change that. If you're going to complain about prices, you know, you can't get enough money because of some big laboratory that's lowered the prices, you really have to sit back and go, am I doing anything different? Because if you're not doing anything different, then you're not going to get any more money. So, we've always I've always tried to tried to be ahead of the curve a little bit. So, now we are Our laboratory specializes in diagnosis, treatment planning, from surgery to restorative for implant cases. So that's that's pretty much all we do. I've gotten really, really good at surgical planning, and it's all Mm -hmm. cases. uh, It's all you know in nice packages. But you know, I don't don't really want to compete with a big lab for an eighty dollars zirconia crown, and I'm not really looking for a bunch of singles anyway. 
for mills, we have four mills. We have three selects. We have one that we set up wet for Emacs, dry for Zirconia. Mm-hmm. Then I've got an ion for PMMA. And then we had the first P, one of the first PM7s in the world. I just can never tell people what I'm doing for a lot, a lot of companies. So we'll have a lot of this technology almost a year in advance, but um, I just can't tell anybody about it. Uh, carbon, we've had almost since day one. So we use carbon printers. We've certainly got form labs that still run very, very cool. Mm-hmm. We just got the next step 5100 in and leading up to, we do a lot of material research. So companies come to us, um, contract with us to do research for their materials. So it's a laboratory, uh, an applied research facility and education. All right. So I've got a question for you talking about materials. Um, are there any, in your opinion, hopefully you, uh, I know you're going to answer this, but um, are there any impression scanners out there that are worth a, a worth a, I want to say, but I will be bleeped um, that are worth. <laughs> are there any that are actually, you know, I know we're all digital, but you know, um, we're looking into scanning impressions. Uh, I'm not a fan. I'm not a yay or a nay, but have you looked at that at all? And can you give me input on that? Absolutely. So, and again, I haven't tested all scanners. We are, you know, I have pretty strong alliances to several different companies. One is three shape, mm-hmm. but we did test their scanners. So it's not that it doesn't work. Three shape asked us to test impression scanning. So we did. Mm-hmm. We actually got phenomenal results. Uh, we did blind studies, clinical studies, internal studies. We did pour the model. But everybody wants to compare, like they, they want to scan an impression, pour it in stone, compare it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, 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 it's apples and oranges. I want to know, will it go in the mouth or the margin sealed? Is the occlusion right or the contacts good? Correct. Uh, so we, we really mm-hmm. skipped down to the clinical level and we did lots of crowns. Now, our problem is, you know, we don't do a lot of singles. So we had to kind of, you know, start looking for for singles for a while. Uh, But we got, we got excellent results. I mean, we we had really had no problems at all. Now, with that, the only ones that really work predictably are triple trays, scanning molars and posterior teeth. Okay. One of the challenges comes with it's not scanning when you've got big, broad bases. When you start going into lower anteriors and trying to triangulate down into those deep holes, then you have problems. So is it predictable hmm. on posterior teeth? Absolutely. If you've got a okay. triple tray, are you going to get a good bite if a doctor took a good bite? Yes. Where <laughs> we run into yep. problems is, at least with three shape, because that's the one I'm most familiar with. If I had a two separate impressions, a full arch upper and a full arch lower, and even if there was just one single on there, you've got to scan those mm-hmm. separately and then scan the bite, which is a low resolution scan to try and pin it all together. That's yep. where the problems are. So it's putting bites together is a bigger problem than a triple tray. With a triple tray, you scan it, you flip it, Software puts it all together. You make your molar. You're good to go. Wait. Thank you. Interesting. Which three-shape scanner did you scan on? So that was actually on a 900L when we did that study almost two years ago. Now we've got E3s. Okay. But yeah, that was that was almost two years ago. And you're still doing that successfully. Elvis, the, the, 
problem is we just don't get in a lot of single restorations and triple track. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's my territory. So he just gave me a big old bone. Thank you. Really had no problems at all. But if you start pouring the impression, printing this, doing all that, then I don't really care if it matches the stone model. I want to know, does it go in the mouth? Yeah. Are the margins sealed? And this is my wife checking it. So I know she's mm -hmm. not just going to throw something in the mouth. So it wasn't just Joe Average Dentist. It was uh, students and residents at different universities. Wow. And that was one of our problems. We were pouring stone models and we were, you know, looking at the two of them and comparing them and using the dyes and looking at how yep. they were trimmed and how they were marked and it right. never matched. So we're like, all right, maybe this doesn't work, but yet in the mouth, um, what you're saying is it does. So, or what, you know, in all of your different areas that you research. Yeah. So thank you. I appreciate that. Never had a major problem. Cool. That's awesome. And you know, Lonnie Lee's here at uh, Night Dental and he's actually looking at impression scanning right now for us. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, good. Uh, any questions? Give me a call. All right. Thank you. Awesome. I think that's great. So your business now, you say you don't get a lot of single units and it's mostly full arch and treatment planning. Yes. Where did you learn your surgical treatment planning? Who taught you that? Phenomenal question. So if you want to get into this, actually the software is pretty easy to learn and manipulate, but learning radiology, bone density, where implants go, you know, all that. So I've got lots of very strong lifelines I can go to. Mm -hmm. One would be, well, so let me put this one first because I've got to. So my wife <laughs> is a dentist, Smart man. prosthodontist, surgeon. So, you know, I've, I've, I've always got Lita, if I don't know something, you know, if something's going on. So Lita, Dr. Lyndon Cooper, who was director of PROS at UNC, now dean of research at UIC. Uh, Dr. Mark Ludlow at MUSC, head of PROS there. So I've got a lot of surgical prosthodontic friends that can look, guide me. They've taught me over the years, and that's where all all my education has come from, plus taking radiology courses, knowing when to say no, learning when to tell the doctor, don't do this. But I've got, mm. I've got so many lifelines that I can go to for teaching, education, and updates. <laughs> what software do you use for your planning? We use the Three Shape Software Implant Studio. Not that I don't know that it's any better than anybody else's, but it allows me to jump in and out of dental designer into implant studio back into dental designer when we're doing these complex cases because we try and design it from the beginning we take it again going back to nadl lecture i start with denture design import that into implant studio place implants go back into digital designer wow. for the finals so when we offer packages it's a complete restorative surgical package we don't do conversions i don't send anybody out to offices we just pre-make the conversions whether it's a denture whether it's fixed the surgical guide the whole thing just comes in one package so three shape allows you to design the crown then the abutment and then the surgical guide to place the implant is that am i understanding that correctly yes so we would do a diagnostic wax up take that diagnostic wax up into Implant Studio, yeah. design the surgical guide, then we can come back out, design the temporary, the abutment, and send it all in a package 
to the doctor. Wow. And you do that off of a, like a CBCT scan? Yes, intraoral scans, model scans, and then CBCT scans. Elvis, you're impressing me. I like your questions. Yeah. He's using a lot of big dental words. I know, I know. It's awesome. I love it. No, I do a fair amount of treatment planning here, and we use Nobel Clinician. Sure, sure. But I I tell you, I mean, I am not a surgeon. I, I don't know. And most of it is placement let the doctor okay it, get the guide made, that kind of thing. But I like this idea of being able to do the restoration first and work your way down because, I mean, really, that's how I do them. I do them in the eyes of the restoration because I'll have to deal with it later. Right, right. So we always design, if it's a full mouth, which is kind of what we do, everything starts with a denture. So that's why it's funny. I'm a ceramist and I, all my lectures are on implant surgery and dentures now, which is yeah, <laughs> so weird. And you lecture with your wife as well, don't you? I think I've seen a couple of those. Yes. Uh, Lita and I will be doing several in Chicago this year. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. You're doing winter days for the NADL, which is exciting. Yes. Yes. So kind of a, a recap, a little shorter version of what I did in Vegas. And then Lita and I have some surgical lectures uh, again kind of showing how we base everything on a denture setup and design our implant and our surgery around that initial optimized setup wow sounds interesting i will be there oh cool no you won't we'll be recording <laughs> <laughs> no i i'm gonna take a pause because i'm not gonna record for eight hours and i'm gonna go to that because i i love what you're doing lee it's amazing so is 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 lita at the university of north carolina now school of dentistry yes so lita is cross faculty mm-hmm. the division of restorative sciences and she is the director of digital dentistry for the school of dentistry wow so you found your soulmate eh Obviously. It's funny to to step back a little bit. Lita and I met when I was hired as vice president of technology for E4D. So (laughs) she was already there because we were in the startup years when it was really a lot of fun. She was head of clinical education and I was brought in to kind of put the dental on top of all the technology. And she came into my office one day kind of in a very... (laughs) direct she wanted some information (laughs) and i'm like who are you and i just didn't give her the information so we hated each other from our uh, from our initial meeting and then slowly grew to love each other very much and then got married oh that's cool our first meeting not a pretty one Ah, that's funny. I think I've told you this before, but I was taking a class in Sarasota on Emacs that you were given a long time ago. Got it probably at least seven, eight years ago. And I think that's when you guys were first talking and you guys were just, it was sweet. You were texting and talking and smiling and it, yep. it was, yep. I knew that you were in love. Let's put it that way. You could tell by the, by the look on your face. It was, it was cool. Yep. And we still are very much. Hey, how often do you talk about teeth at home? Is it, is it an issue to separate the two? No, but it's it's funny if if you're around us, we talk about stuff, our days, you know, normal stuff. Did you see this? So, how about that? What did you think about that movie last night? But if we ever run barren of things to say, we've always got. So, what do you think about that case? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
So we've always got dentistry to fall back to on those barren moments when we there you have go. anything else to say. <laughs> you guys do research and I mean you guys are you guys are doing some amazing things together. A huge thanks to Lee Culp for coming on the show. I don't know about you, Barb, but I was extremely nervous when we were interviewing Lee. I was super excited. He is truly a big name in our industry, and I was super worried that I would somehow screw it up. But uh, what a great easy-to-get-along-with guy. I can't thank him enough. Oh, he was so chilling, though. He was so down-to-earth, and he was just, I think between you and I, we and him, we just were just talking and chatting, and it was just, ah. Like, people just aren't that down-to-earth nowadays, but... Join us next week as we have part two of this fantastic interview. Yep, can't wait. So Barb and I have our eyes set on the FDLA Southern State Symposium and Expo, May 10th and the 11th. This is a huge event across the street from SeaWorld in Orlando. Barb and I will be in the expo hall right next to the FDLA booth. This event has some amazing speakers that I recommend everyone come to check out. They have keynote speaker Jessica Brustard. Awesome. High energy. We had her at Visions 21 about two years ago, and it was amazing. Don Cornell is talking about the future of digital and aesthetics in the age of monolithic restorations. And then we have Nelson Rago, CDT, who we had the pleasure of interviewing during LMT Lab Day Chicago. Oh, yeah. And they have a bunch of workshops going on with Thomas Zaleski, Ron Roche. Jason Atwood and Chris Kabat, plus a ton of other speakers and other hands-on courses. So head over to fdla.net to check out the program and get registered. And if you're already planning on being there, and from what I hear that whole side of the country goes, make sure you send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com to schedule a time to record or just stop by and say hi. I gotta say... I've been a part of the FDLA for at least 20 years of my life, and it is genuinely the largest, most pumped up meeting that I have been to in terms of the states and what we do and what we say. They're just amazing. Their board's amazing. So if you have time and you want to come down to some 90 degree awesome Florida weather, do come down and hang out with us because not only are they the best classes, but it's all in the best partying. And I mean that in a positive way. They have a really nice event where we just hang out and talk to each other and we network. And then um, you have the pool, you've got ping pong, you name it, it's fun. So please join us. Ping pong? Yeah. I'm there. I'm I so will there. Kick your ass <laughs> ping pong, just saying. And because we love everyone at LMT and how supportive they were at Lab Day Chicago, Mm -hmm. we want to mention LMT Lab Day West that's happening the same weekend as the FDLA Symposium. We would totally be there if we could, but Barb is a true Floridian. Lab Day West is May 10th and the 11th in Garden Grove, California. Head over to lmtmag.com. So if you're west of the Mississippi, head over to LMT Lab Day West. If you're east of the Mississippi, head over to the FDLA. Good job, Elvis. Let's do this, guys. Come on, man. Let's promote ourselves. East, west, northeast, who cares? Let's go. That's openimplants.com slash voices and use code VOICES10. And to be honest with you, 
We think they're amazing. He taught me how to say fuckus instead of just fuck. So he's my hero. Please let them know we sent you. That way they'll know their ads and our voices are coming together. All right, everybody. Have a good one. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Drum roll, please.